The following program is produced by Rosado Marketing. The views and opinions of the host and guests are not necessarily those of this station. Now, Nevada Real Estate Radio. Nevada Real Estate Radio has helped thousands of listeners make the right decisions when buying homes or refinancing. You'll never go wrong when you get your advice from real estate professionals that you know, like, and trust. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Nevada Real Estate Radio. I'm pleased to be with you today on a very nice spring day. It is an awesome time to be visiting Nevada if you're from outside the state because this is some of the best season that you will find in our fair state. Beautiful weather, lots to do, and we're talking about real estate and real estate for investors. This is the peak time of the year when people are out about looking for homes to buy, investments to make. There are challenges like there are in every real estate market, but opportunities abound if you are aggressive, tenacious, and enthusiastic about being successful in real estate. I only talk with people that are successful because, you know, osmosis. Things happen, things transfer from one person to another. If you hang around with the right crowd, you can accomplish great things. I've got a great crowd with me in the studio today. John Spinola is with us. John is a realtor and real estate investment counselor at Atlas Red Realty. Welcome back to the show, John. Thank you, Peter. Always a pleasure to be here. And it's a pleasure to have you, John. You're full of good information all of the time, and I know you're out and about cutting deals. Real estate, for some people, you know, is a part-time business. That's certainly not the case in you. No, I seem to manage to turn it into a full-time business. <laughs> yeah, sometimes and more, I bet. And more. Yeah, I, uh, I one friend told me once that he got into real estate because he got to set his own hours. I said, well, what are your hours? He said, 24-7. Is that about right with you? Well, actually, I work half days. Half to Oh, Yeah, either good. half usually works. Yeah, first half, second half? <laughs> yeah, any 12. <laughs> Closing deals, though, is a challenge nowadays, John. And one of the issues that I hear about still is this uh, quote-unquote housing shortage. Is there still a lack of adequate availability of homes in northern Nevada? Has it lessened up any? No, it really hasn't, Peter. There anything... Price reasonable in the Reno Sparks area, um, reasonable being probably two fifty or three hundred on down. Mm-hmm. We're getting multiple offers. We're getting it's, it, it's feeling like you know two thousand six all over again. Although yeah. the prices aren't near as high, um, yeah. we're considerably outpacing the um, the income in the area. In yeah. We, well, so. the good news is that a, a year ago or a couple of years ago people's income was exceeding the prices of homes. So, you know, maybe it's getting closer to balance, but it's certainly not the advantage that we had a few years ago when I think the median price in northern Nevada was somewhere around $150,000. It's gone up by about $100,000 since then, I know. Quite a bit more. Yes, it, yeah. With the last time I looked, it was two sixty and change for the um, average price. But we were as high as three fifty at the top. Yeah. Um, so we're we're halfway back, I guess. Yep, well, we're still well off of that top, but I'll tell you what, we've got to find more homes available. It's not like buying anything else, a car, furniture, any commercial goods. You can shop around where you find the best price or you find the location that you want to buy the, pro- the item from. You can just pull the trigger, but with home buying, it's so different. It's not, uh, it's not like that. If you want to buy a home, you've got to get in line 
and find the right people that can help you. John, I know that a big key to buying a home nowadays, the home you want, is to have a realtor that makes the right connections and can find the deals early in the buying and selling phase because, like you said, there's so many people waiting to pull the trigger. I'm wondering if you might have some information from us that you can share with us later on what people can do to be successful if they're out and about buying a home. We'll see what I can come up with. I Actually, bet. one of the, one of the items to come up with first is to have a good lender. A good and, lender is critical, yes. So. And that's a perfect segue to our next guest in the studio. Michelle Holbert is with us, and Michelle is a mortgage loan originator at Caliber Home Loans. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thanks, Peter. Glad to be back. I'm glad to have you back. Also, you have been traveling lately, I understand. Were you uh, in some vacation area or were you on a business trip? I was on a business trip, Peter. Um, I'd love to say it was vacation, but Mm -hmm. um, every year we have our licensing requirements. Mm -hmm. Our company gets us all together at the same time to um, do a couple days of licensing and sales uh, in the Seattle area. So. Uh It was it was a nice trip, but it's it's for a good cause for sure. Keeps yeah. me in business. I bet. Well, tell me, you, you've been in the business a long time. Tell our listeners again how long you have been in the business. I have been in the lending business for thirty years this year. That's amazing. That's it's hard to believe that yeah, anybody can be in the business that long. <laughs> and and you look so youthful compared to your years in the business. I mean, it must have been good to you because it certainly hasn't hasn't aged you. That's what I can well, say. Well, thank you. Um, I still love what I do. Mm-hmm. I, um, you know, I get a chance to help people on a daily basis, and it's the best job that anybody can ask for. So I I will do it until, you know, and as long as I can. Well, it looks like it's going great for you. It sounds like it's been a very successful career and many more years to come. But you know, one of the challenges that I hear of. Or let's say let's just say one of the changes obviously is that change is prevalent always. Things are changing all the time. I understand that there's some new changes coming into the mortgage industry later this year. As of August first, we will be changing the structure of our settlements, meaning the actual closings, um, how they're disclosed, the costs. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's basically going to be a you know, really a collaboration between lenders and title companies on making sure that we meet the new guidelines set out, set forth by the federal government. All of us right now are in the pre-training mode, um, lenders, banks, title companies, because this is a critical juncture. As of August 1st, it's going to come up fast. Mm-hmm. And it involves new paperwork, new disclosures, therefore new computer programs, and the real estate community and buyers need to be very well aware of these guidelines because it it can and will add extra time onto every closing. So from the day you pick a home that you want and you make an offer on paper and the seller signs the contract saying, okay, we're going to accept your offer, from that point forward, typically in the past, I remember, it was taking anywhere from 30 to maybe 40, 45 days or right. so, Right. How much time do you think these changes might add to that waiting period, that process? Well, here's here's my opinion. I think most reasonable transactions can be accomplished within 30 days. Mm-hmm. There are there are some programs, maybe a VA, where you don't necessarily have control over the appraisal, or some of the bond programs, where we always like to see an extra 15 days, so mm-hmm. hence a 45-day time frame. We believe that the average loan now is going to take probably 40 to 45 days. Now, as we hone in on perfecting 
you know, what we can with these new guidelines, we may take a little time frame off of that. But these are things that are out of our control. They are regulated timelines that we have to meet within the mm-hmm. contract, and they can't be waived. So. Yeah. And I'm sure these changes are being implemented by our federal government for the benefit of the borrower or the consumer, I would imagine. Is that because I've heard that in the past when other changes were taking place and people were asking, why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? Am I right on this? Is that, that that's correct. They're doing? That's correct. It's it's basically <coughs> full disclosure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have to say with some of the, the previews I've seen of the new forms, I, I there certainly are pros and cons like everything else, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's positive as far as the disclosure piece. Some of the time frames I'm not so keen on, but, you know, we, we always manage to make it work. Yeah, and it's a level playing field still because every, uh, you know, every institutional, every mortgage lender that does these kinds of programs that you do, that many of the big banks do, you know, they're going to be in the same position. We all have to go through the same Absolutely. process. So at some point... People will get used to them, and I know that the real estate community is getting well-educated on the upcoming changes as well so that their clients and the customers can get informed early in the stage so they understand what what a reasonable waiting period will be. But we'll be talking with you, Michelle, about this and more later in the show. I want to know what kind of opportunities are available, available for people wanting to buy homes today. So I'm glad you're with us. All right. Thank you. Dave Washburn is with us in the studio as well. Dave is with Socotra Capital, and Socotra Capital is a private money, or some people call it a hard money lender. Welcome to the show, Dave. Thank you for having me, Peter. I'm glad to have you back here because I'm sure you find it interesting with these new changes that are taking place in in the institutional mortgage industry that Michelle was talking about. That might put some pressure on some people who... For some reason, if they ever have to pull the trigger fast, I mean, they're not going to be able to get a deal done in 10 days or 15 days, especially with these changes coming into play. That's where your company can come in sometimes and help somebody accomplish their goal. That's right, Peter. We pride ourselves on being quick to close, and that's something that people look for when they borrow private or hard money. They're looking for that fast close because time is money, and oftentimes that's the difference between making a deal and losing a deal. And your situation with hard money, Dave, it's not so much for people that are looking to buy a primary residence. In fact, you were telling us before the show started that you don't do homes on people want for people wanting to buy a primary residence. But after that, it's almost almost anything goes as far as real estate, right? Correct. If you're buying the home you're hoping to live in, Michelle would absolutely be the resource for you. You're going to want a 30-year fixed loan. You're going to want to qualify, get those great rates that banks are offering these days. Mm -hmm. If you're looking for something as an investor, if you're making a speculative play, perhaps if you're building ground up to provide some of that inventory we're missing right now, Mm -hmm. those are the times when you're going to use private money loans. Yeah. And as as this is quote-unquote housing shortage that we talk about, many times Sellers are are looking to do a deal fast too. They might need the cash quickly. They might not want to, you know, take any chances with a borrower that still needs forty five more days to get everything done. This gives the seller a certain level of assurance, also, does it not? Yeah, and that's something that I that I see. It's a common error in in folks who are new to real estate. They don't understand that the seller has some group of needs as well. And Besides they, the money? Yeah, and well, or not just the money, but maybe the money quickly. Or yeah. they have a job that they're changing for. Or they've been through a divorce or there's a death in the family. Different things that can mm-hmm. force 
somebody or incentivize somebody to liquidate a large asset like a house or a commercial piece of property. And that's something that's often underappreciated by uh, the buyers out there in the market. And so you want to work with somebody who knows that and can uh, figure out that that speed matters and Mm -hmm. and apply that uh, to the deal. And I've heard of deals whereby a cash deal can actually result in a better price for the buyer. So even though there are costs associated with getting any kind of loan, sometimes if you can get enough of a savings by coming in with cash that maybe you could get from a hard money lender like Socotra Capital, you could pull the trigger, close it quickly, get a great price, and then you'd still have the option to refinance the property with a traditional 30-year loan like some uh, of the, uh, well, like most uh, of the institutional lenders like Michelle at Caliber Home Lo- uh, Loans could provide so you could essentially end up getting the best of both if you do it in the right way. That's what we aim for. We want to see win-win situations. Yeah, excellent. Well, I want to talk to you more about some of the deals maybe that you've done recently or some of the unusual ways that people are using hard money to close real estate transactions later in the show. I'm glad you're with us today, too. I look forward to it. My name is Peter Padilla. I'm your host on Nevada Real Estate Radio. We're excited to visit with all of our listeners across the state of Nevada and talk more about real estate and real estate for investors. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this message. This is Candace Meyer from Starker Services. You are listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla is important to me because he gave me a loan to buy my primary residence. Peter Padilla is the best there is in Nevada radio. Sage International Incorporated fosters the entrepreneurial spirit by first educating our clients. In fact, we wrote the best-selling book, Incorporate and Get Rich, as recommended by Robert Kiyosaki in his bestseller, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. For over 20 years, we've taught thousands of business owners, investors, professionals, and entrepreneurs how to properly structure their business and personal assets to avoid the three flaming arrows of challenge, income taxes, liability exposure, probate and death taxes. Call Sage International Incorporated at 1-800-254-5779 to set up a free 30-minute consultation. That's 1-800-254-5779. Sage International. The best thing you can do for your business, Nevada Real Estate Radio. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. And we're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio, having a great time talking with my in-studio guests and with our radio listeners across the state of Nevada about real estate and real estate for investors. We are on the Lotus Broadcast Station. In northern Nevada, we're on KFOY, 1060 AM. Enjoying our calls and feedback as well. If you'd like to chat with us, you can send an email to Peter at NevadaRealEstateRadio.com. Of course, I always love to chat with people on the phone, find out what's going on, what people are thinking about. If you're looking to buy real estate or refinance or get a mortgage, you can call me for a free discussion and consultation anytime. 775-223-3428 and we'll look forward to visiting with you soon in the studio today i've got three outstanding guests with us talking about real estate and real estate for investors dave washburn is with us and dave is a hard money lender at socotra capital also in the studio john spinola john is a realtor and real estate investment counselor at atlas red realty and rounding out the table is Michelle Holbert. Michelle is a mortgage loan originator 
at Caliber Home Loans. Michelle, it seems like everybody's talking about those mortgage rates lately, too. They're still near their all-time low from everything I see. And I was keeping up a little bit with the financial markets about a week ago. And I saw that our Federal Reserve Chairman, Janet Yellen, continues to keep the federal prime rates low, too, which has a net effect on interest rates. I bet people still ask you about where interest rates are going. Oh, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, you know, you have to look back over the last several years. They've been very consistent. Mm-hmm, yeah. And they will trade in a range of maybe a half to three quarters of a percent over a six to 12 month time frame. And just kind of bouncing around. Just yeah. bouncing around, mm-hmm. but still within a very and, and historically low, um, y- you know, range. So that's that's been positive for our industry. You know, when people talk about the affordability of homes versus income, um, I, you know, I don't know that anybody's really factoring in where the interest rates are today versus where they were five years, 10 years, 15, 20 years ago. But I, I always think it's fun. I let people know when I got my first mortgage on my house, first house in 1982, the interest rates were 12 and a, 12% or so on the first mortgage, and I needed a second, and it was over 16%. <laughs> and in those days, it was like, well, you know, you get a house, and nobody really thought about the interest rate to a large degree because of the prices of homes then, of course, were quite a bit lower. But today, with the average price, the mean price in northern Nevada, for instance, somewhere around two hundred and sixty, sixty-five thousand. Uh, you know, if that if that purchase price goes up a few thousand dollars, five thousand, even ten thousand dollars, compared to if the interest rate goes up a quarter percent or a half percent, since they're so low, it's the interest rate really that drives the affordability of a home. That's say, correct, right? That's that, really that is, what does it. Yeah, that you're absolutely right. So when people say, "Oh, gee, the price of the homes mean price went up ten thousand dollars from last month." Hey, if interest rates are still where they were, it's almost negligible, right? That, that That's true. Small small amount to think about. But the challenge, though, nowadays is what it takes to get a mortgage. It seems like not only is it tougher or more, uh, there's more scrutiny on lenders and on realtors as to what they do, the forms they have to fill out. But you don't hear of too many uh, short sales or people not making their mortgage payments nowadays because I know that your banks, all of them, they do a lot of background on people before they give them money, don't they? Yeah, I mean, we, we certainly do scrutinize. and But if you look at it, truly, if you look at the big picture, mm-hmm. it's really no different than how we did loans 20 years ago. You know, it's just, it, it is more of a paperwork process. It's just, you know, it's more automated. So we get things done a little bit faster. But we are looking at the ability to repay that mortgage. We are looking at... FICO scores and if they meet the guidelines for that program. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the the nemesis of cash to close. Yeah. You were in lending, you know how tedious that can be to verify a, a person's ability to put the down payment. Mm-hmm. But so really nothing has changed. I mean, there's a little bit more scrutiny, but the underlying uh, guidelines are still relatively the same. Mm-hmm. What I can't stress enough to people is especially in light of the market that we're in. You know, you can't expect to buy a house without getting to a lender ahead of time. And I I mean, seriously, I cannot stress that enough because so many times people are unaware of really how, how not ready they are to buy a home. And what I mean by that is, you know, they they may need to take some time to fix credit issues or 
save for that down payment or have a certain amount of time on a a job because of a job a recent job change and these are things that you know if you've got a house in mind or if you've tried to write a contract or are in contract and I'm delivering you this news when you're supposed to close in 30 days mm-hmm. it's not a really good place to be but let's start with the interest rate piece that can make the difference as you as you mentioned you know the difference in affordability Somebody taking the time to get their FICO score in order or their credit score, that might be a difference in $100 a month in house payment if it's done correctly. So your affordability of homes to a large degree is based on your credit score. Absolutely it is. Isn't that amazing? You know, most people think, well, the prices go up so I can't afford a house. Well, how about raising your credit score? Paying off a few bills, fixing some bad credit. You're right. You could suddenly be able to afford the house you want versus having to settle for something less that maybe you can't find anyway because it's so hard to find homes sometimes. That's true. And there it's so competitive out there and you know, you're you, you've got many offers on every house that comes up for sale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Be the be the offer that the that the seller wants to look at. Have your ducks lined up well ahead of time. Have mm-hmm. that bulletproof approval letter. Mm-hmm. Not if, you know, not not the okay, it's coming in uh it's yeah. coming tomorrow. <laughs> Right, I better get things ready. It's kind. Of, I think it's kind of like applying for a job or a, or a promotion. I mean, the people that are going to get the best jobs and, and, and are going to be in line for promotions are those that have done their homework, their research, gotten their, their business life in order. And buying a home is a lot like a business life. You've got to get things ready to go so that you can be the best candidate, let's say, to win the deal on that home that you want to buy. There are so many benefits from being a, a successful homeowner uh, most people don't realize it until after they become homeowners. But you know there are the the tax benefits. Of course, I encourage everybody to talk to their talk to their accountant or CPA. But as you pay your mortgage every month, I mean, let's face it, you'd be paying rent regardless, probably. So you gotta gotta live someplace. But then there is a certain time when that home's going to be paid off, and the value of that home they just seem to be going in one direction in general, and that's up. So equity is a big factor and a big benefit of becoming a homeowner. My name is Peter Padilla, and I am your host on Nevada Real Estate Radio, and I'm enjoying my conversation talking with our in-studio experts today to help you, our listeners across the state of Nevada, make a great decision on your next real estate purchase, whether it's for investment purposes or for primary residence. Right now, we're talking with Michelle Hulbert, and Michelle is a mortgage loan originator at Caliber Home Loans. Also with us in the studio, Dave Washburn. He's a hard money lender at Socotra Capital. And John Spinola is with us. John is a realtor and real estate investment counselor at Atlas Red Realty. Michelle, in continuing our conversation about today's home buying challenges, I got to tell you that I recently read an article in one of the local publications. I think it was a national story, in fact, and it was talking about millennials. Now, Michelle, you look like a millennial, but I don't think you are one. <laughs> millennials were born somewhere around 1980 to 2000. So the millennials are probably in their 20s and 30s now, and these young people are very smart, intelligent people. I mean, they're driving a lot of the technology that we are taking the benefit from across the country and the world today. But here's what the article said. It said that today's millennials don't know anything about closing costs, that they're shocked, surprised when they go to the closing table and say, what, you need more money? Are you finding that when you are dealing with some of your borrowers, or what's it like out there? You know, in some cases that is true. Um, 
the internet <laughs> is a beautiful tool and most most people in general, not just millennials, will utilize the internet in some fashion before they come in and visit with a lender mm-hmm. or visit a realtor. But with the millennials, I see kind of a mixed bag. I see some very young people buying, which is kind of startling. Mm-hmm. People that can't even legally drink yet are <laughs> buying houses. Wow. And then I see some that really are hesitating. They mm. may they may have seen their parents go through a tough time and you know maybe have foreclosures or short sales mm-hmm. so that sets kind of a precedent with them that you know maybe this isn't what i want to do um i also see millennials liking mobility and having to do with mainly jobs mm-hmm. they don't want to be tied to something you know gone are the days where i think a a 20 year old or a, or a college graduate let's say thinks that that first job is going to be where they end up for life. And I see that millennials want mobility. And that's why, you know, it's funny because when I have conversations with folks that are in that age group, exit strategy for them is key. They want to know that, you know, if I buy this house or what's the the probabilities of buying this house and my exit strategy in a few years Mm -hmm. or even a year, you know, a, a year, if I get a job change, what does it look like? Will yeah. I be able to rent that house? Will I make money? Will I at least break even? Mm-hmm. These are the questions that they're asking me. And it's funny because I've done this a long time, and those weren't questions that were asked 10 years ago or 15 years ago. I'm glad to know that they're asking that because, you know, I've mentioned before, and, and I honestly believe that when you buy a home for a primary residence, it is an investment in its own way sure because the average person, I believe, moves about every five years or so. So, yeah, it's nice to think about maybe staying in that home until that mortgage is paid off. But the reality is it's more likely in five years or so you're going to be moving. So you're right. What is your exit strategy? Will you be able to sell that home at least for what you owe? Or could you make a profit? What happens if you have to sell it for less? Can you deal with that? And how easy is the home to sell? If you buy a really unique home, something that's highly unusual, I mean, how many people are really going to want to buy a geodesic home if that's what you (laughs) bought, right? True. So, um, but millennials, smart, very wise people, young people. It's very exciting to to know that they are out in a part of the market. But I was puzzled by this article, Michelle. Here's the reason too. I was puzzled because I know you're such a pro in your business. I know other mortgage lenders that are real pros, and you know you always explain to your clients what is the transaction going to look like, start to finish, right, including the closing costs. Right. And so I, that's I was thinking, well, all these millennials they're talking about must not be talking to, you know, real solid mortgage lenders because a good mortgage lender is going to explain all that up front. Right. And and that is where you get the disadvantage, you know, if you're if you're shopping <laughs> online or even online lenders, mm-hmm. you know, put it you do a payment calculation. So mm-hmm. that payment calculation comes up as $1,000 a month, but really that's just the principal and interest. Yeah. And then I explain to them that there's taxes, insurance, and perhaps mortgage insurance. Mm-hmm. And then they you know, they look at me like, oh my gosh, I, I had no idea. Yeah. And, and I think the same is true with closing costs. The internet gives you just the tip of the iceberg. Right. It, it's very important to sit down with somebody and get the details. And it's funny because millennials, although they will typically start their shopping on the internet, they like to have the face-to-face or the, the, the handheld, if you, you will. Bet. They want to know somebody's in their court with them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want to talk to you more about closing costs because something else this article didn't talk about is ways that you can 
avoid paying closing costs or even get them reduced to such a large degree that you hardly even notice them. I bet you have some feedback for that. Oh, I bet I do. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to talk about that and more later on the show. We have Dave Washburn with us in the studio. Also, John Spinola. We'll be back after this message from our commercial advertisers. This is Sherry Hill from Sage International. You are listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla is awesome. Sage International Incorporated fosters the entrepreneurial spirit by first educating our clients. In fact, we wrote the best-selling book, Incorporate and Get Rich, as recommended by Robert Kiyosaki in his bestseller, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. For over 20 years, we've taught thousands of business owners, investors, professionals, and entrepreneurs how to properly structure their business and personal assets to avoid the three flaming arrows of challenge, income taxes, liability exposure, probate and death taxes. Call Sage International Incorporated at 1-800-254-5779 to set up a free 30-minute consultation. That's 1-800-254-5779. Sage International. Your Nevada real estate questions with answers from Peter Padilla. We are back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. What a great day we're having here talking about real estate and real estate for investors, helping our listeners make great decisions because it is challenging to pull the trigger on a deal that's going to be positive. I mean, we don't want to have any negatives in our industry anymore like we did a few years back in the mortgage meltdown. We are well out of it now and helping people stay out of it by being successful when they talk about real estate. In the studio with me today, Dave Washburn is with us. He's with Socotra Capital. John Spinola is with Atlas Red Realty. And Michelle Hulbert, a mortgage loan originator at Caliber Home Loans. Michelle, in the last segment, we were talking about millennials and about the way that millennials think. You know, millennials are people in their 20s and 30s. They were born after 1980. And uh, there are really some drivers in the market now. But the thought process is different. They're so impacted, first of all, by the computer industry. They do a lot of work online. The article I was reading not long ago said they were a little unaware of closing costs and things of that type, but I know when they deal with you, you give them all that information up front, right? Sure. That's that, that, that's a big part of what they'll be spending at the closing table in addition to their down payment. Yeah. But the good news is, is there's many different ways to pay closing costs or you know, kind of not pay closing costs, and I'll and I'll explain. So the average transaction has the buyer paying what we call customary closing costs. Those include the lender fees, um, typically certain parts of the title companies' fees, mm-hmm. inspections, and then their prepaid expenses, which are your upfront taxes, insurance, and any interest that's due prior to closing. So. You know, the borrower that has ample funds available mm-hmm. will probably take a look at doing it that way, where they're actually paying that at the closing table in addition to their down payment. Is there an average or a general round number percentage of the purchase price that buyers have to think about, Michelle, for their closing costs? You know, it will vary de- depending on the actual loan amount, um, because if, you know, higher property taxes, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Lender fees are typically fixed, so that's really not going to change. But it could be, let's say, a 2% average, maybe 2.5% depending on the the actual loan amount. 
Okay. And how many inspections you order. <laughs> right. I know I know it can vary, but let's say that we're just for, for for general average purposes, we're saying two percent. So somebody's buying a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar house, they have to plan on about five thousand dollars, right? For closing costs. Now that's besides down payment. And down payment can be yeah, I know in some cases you have plans as little as zero. Right. Or maybe up to three, three and a half percent. But you know, that extra five thousand dollars if somebody's not aware of it, that could blow the deal. So how is it that people could avoid having to pay that closing cost? Is there a way or is there a way to reduce it down sure. significantly? Yeah, I mean, they c- it can be reduced altogether or in part. And one of the most common ways is to have the seller pay a certain percentage or the 2 2.5% of the closing costs. Typically, their limitations are up to 3% depending on the transaction. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's higher than that, but let's just use that for the, you know, for for most programs. Um, the seller's allowed to pay 3% mm-hmm. towards the buyer's costs. What that means typically is the buyer is really going to have just their minimum down payment requirement due at closing. So if they're doing a 3% down conventional loan or a 5% down conventional loan, that's what's required at closing. The seller's picking up the rest. Yeah. Now, the seller isn't typically benevolent and just doing it because, you know, just because. So that can, they will add it to the price of the home in All order right. to compensate. Mm-hmm. So there are certain ways then that you can get that accomplished. It all takes, uh, I know it takes a fair amount of creativity and a lot of knowledge. Michelle, you're a fantastic person to talk to. I recommend you to anybody thinking about getting a home loan for a, buying a home or refinancing. Why don't you give us your contact information so that people can reach out to you? This is Michelle Holbert, mortgage loan originator at Caliber Home Loans. My mortgage license number is 184194. Our branch mortgage license number is 3723. Our address at Caliber Home Loans is 6530 South McCarran Boulevard, and that's Reno, Nevada, 89509. Our office telephone number is 775 775- Two eight four one nine two zero. Our fax number is eight five five three two one seven five seven six. You can reach me on the cell phone at seven seven five seven four two three five five nine. My email address is Michelle at caliberhomeloans.com. We are an equal housing lender. And we'll put all of your contact information on our website, Michelle, so that people can find you just by going to Nevada Real Estate Radio. All right. Thank you. Dave Washburn is also with us in the studio today. Dave, you're a hard money lender, a little bit different. Yeah, Peter. We handle things for investors, so we're looking at folks who are either purchasing or refining investment properties. And you're also a millennial, as I see. Uh, you're qu- quite the youthful-looking gent. I know you've got a lot of years of experience, but you must have started out in the business qu- quite early. Yeah, I, I think I was in uh, the group that Michelle uh, called not legally able to drink uh, when I when I first got into real estate. So I uh, I fit in that category. I think I was just old enough to legally sign the contract, but uh, couldn't enjoy a beverage to celebrate it. Well, you know, you're certainly passionate about what you do, and you obviously love it because you're you're in the business and you're you've got a lot of questions. And you know, you're a millennial, so when we're talking about your demographic. And you see what we have to go through in our industry, especially in Michelle and the mortgage industry. What do you think? Well, I know one of the struggles that I've had and, and uh, 
you know the folks in my generation have had is is we don't just work at a singular company for an entire career anymore and that's one of the problems I've personally had and I know other my friends have had it so Michelle one of the issues we've run into as millennials is our job history we bounce around a lot from different jobs different careers different income sources and streams uh, how's underwriting viewing job history these days or what could we do to work with a lender like you to prepare for that uh, conventional loan so typically, you know, your job history, it, it, and it varies. There, there's not a one-size-fits-all, with the exception of if you have been either, if you've just recently graduated. So, for example, if you graduated and you've got a teaching degree, you don't have to have a two-year job history in teaching for us to use your income because you have the education piece. Same holds true for any professional that is going to work directly out of college and they are going to work in their field of choice as long as they you know, have a salary or an hourly guarantee. Now, where it becomes a little bit more difficult is, like you mentioned, if you have somebody that's self-employed or that has multiple jobs, because typically multiple jobs still have to have the continuity. So if you, let's say, um, for example, let's say you got the teaching degree, you're starting a job as a full-time teacher, but let's say while you were in college, you you know, you were a food server. If you continue that job through your, even though you're teaching, we'll still use that income because you actually have a history of the the part-time job, if you will. Where where I see it become difficult is the self-employed borrower um, because you really do have to have a two-year history if you're self-employed. And it's not to say that you can't maybe change the structure of your company a little bit. You went from a Schedule C to maybe f- filing it as a corporation. Um, that's usually not an issue. But if you've started something altogether different, that's where we want to see the continuity for two years again if it's a completely different line of work. Mm-hmm. So I hope, hopefully that was a little bit helpful. <laughs> yeah, I know my CPAs had to write a number of uh, letters of explanation <laughs> for me. So yeah. I've, I've yeah. been down that path, and that's, I think it goes back to your point earlier about uh, how important it is to speak with the lender prior to going out and writing offers and things like that. Um, it absolutely is, and I think it's important to have a lender that really understands the dynamics <laughs> of business as well. Um, that knows how to accurately read a tax return that can, with your, you know, with the borrower's permission, pick up the phone and talk to the accountant. Because there's a lot of questions that come up and, you know, it's, it's diving in deep with some of our borrowers. You know, you can't just take a look at the surface and say, oh, you know, it doesn't look like this is going to work. We go deep. And I've, that's one thing I, I, I actually enjoy diving into tax returns and seeing how much money I can really find. So, It takes somebody with a special mentality to like to do that kind of stuff, Michelle. Glad you're doing that work. Yeah, thanks. It's fun. John Spinola is with us also as well. John, you're from the pre-generation, the generation before the millennials a little bit. So what's your, th- what's, your th- what's your thought on this? <laughs> Different frame of reference, obviously. Following up on what Michelle does, I'm not only – a real estate counselor, but I, I have many of my own investments. Mm-hmm. Um, and my biggest challenge, I have several properties and a bunch of LLCs and uh, objects of the exercise when you're in that kind of business is to get your taxes down as low as you can. So by um, expensing different things and depreciation and and those kind of things, all, all strictly legal, certainly. Sure. But 
my tax return is about 200 pages. I send it in to most lenders. They look at the first two, say, you don't make any money, you don't qualify. <laughs> um, and it's, it's, a, it's a problem. They all, they all want your whole tax return, but there isn't one in a hundred who's actually going to read it. So if you find somebody who can do that if you're self-employed, um, it's a huge benefit. It's a lot of work to go through that paperwork, I know. Right. And, and it, it takes a special kind of mentality like, like what Michelle has that wants to get in there, dig through it, and find the answers. But you're right. It's, uh, it's, it's uh, intimidating to get somebody's taxes for an analysis and look 200 pages, self-employed borrower with investment properties. I mean, there's all sorts of, of things that could be in there that could create roadblocks, John. Well, that's the, and that's the problem is, is they, they weigh it, I think, and say this loan is only 200, 300, 400,000 and my fee is only a couple thousand bucks. It isn't worth my time, especially if I can't qualify them. Mm, so mm-hmm. they just toss it aside, in my opinion. I'm not sitting in the office, but it, <laughs> yeah. it certainly appears that way because when yeah. you ask them, you know, well, you can add back in depreciation and you can, yeah, but, you know, you don't make any money. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I imagine they got to the second page and, and you know, some of the advantages of working with a, a, a hard money lender yeah, well, I, I bet I bet you pulled the trigger with some hard money in the past. I try and avoid that at all costs. I've, I do private. I do do private money, and yeah. it's it's um, what I call firm money. Mm-hmm. It's not it's it's not quite in Michelle's um, bailiwick, but but then again, it falls a little shorter where David is too. So yeah. not too hard, um, not too soft, right it, in the middle. Okay. <laughs> so David Washburn, you're a hard money lender at Socotra Capital. Um, I bet you get a lot of clients like John that come in. They own their own businesses. They they know they can't, or they're not they're not going to get the speed out of a an institutional lender. These are the types of clients you're working with, I imagine. Yeah, and we work with a lot of them when they're starting out and building up that 200 page tax return and building mm-hmm. up that portfolio of properties. Mm-hmm. And so we see ourselves as uh, you know being helpful to folks who are coming back into the industry or starting for the first time. Um, we love to work with them as they build that investment portfolio. Fantastic. Well, I was uh, talking with a big time real estate investor just earlier this week, and he was telling us that the, you know, the only challenge that he sees for some of his associates and clients is the availability of institutional money and he said he said hard money lending is the way a lot of deals are getting closed i want to talk to you more about some of the deals and the type of deals that are closable with hard money and how people can take that next step into their real estate investment portfolio we have to take a quick break though so hang on we'll be back after this message this is david washburn from socotra capital You are listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla is important to me because he talks about the real issues in real estate. Peter Padilla is insightful. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services that will lay a solid foundation under a business owner's dream. If you're thinking of starting a business and you're not sure where to begin, Sage International Incorporated offers a free 30-minute consultation. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. 
This is Brianna Sullivan from Keller Williams Group One. You are listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla is important to me because he brings relevant real estate topics to life here in the great state of Nevada. Peter Padilla is fantastic. Welcome back to Nevada Real Estate Radio. Enjoying talking today with Michelle Holbert. She's a mortgage loan originator at Caliber Home Loans. Hope you're doing well today and enjoying being on the show, Michelle. I am. Thanks, Peter. Always glad to be here. Glad to have you, too. And also with us, John Spinola. John's a real estate investment counselor and a realtor at Atlas Red Realty. John, hope you're doing well, too. Unbelievable, Peter. It's unbelievable, and you are a fantastic man to talk to. You've got a wealth of knowledge with you. And later in the segment, I want you to share some of that knowledge. I see you're reading a new book. It's called The Steel's 300 Strategies. That sounds like an interesting read. Actually, I've had it for for quite a while. We were talking on the last show (laughs) with Sherry about about stuff you read. Mm -hmm. And Bob Steele is one of the originators in exchangers. He's probably in his 80s now, still very active, not only in this country, but um, overseas. So when he's put together, he used to have his 100 uh, ways to finance property. This is kind of a stretch on that. Is is There's 300 different formulas, if you will, in this mm-hmm. particular book that uh, of, of how to solve problems, basically, is the whole is the whole situation. Well, you said it. That's what real estate is about sometimes. It's like solving problems or solving puzzles. And uh, that's what I like about our industry as well, too. We can make uh, great great people into great fans of our industry by helping them solve those complex problems. And one of the ways I know to finance, and it's a great segue into our other guest, David Washburn is with us. And Dave is a hard money lender at Socotra Capital. Dave, you fix things all the time. And you're not a mechanic, I know. You're a hard money lender. The kind of financing that we're focusing on is for investors, and we've got a few different programs. One is for people who are doing fix and flip or ground up construction. Mm-hmm. Those are shorter term notes, interest only, and that's so folks can add value to the real estate that they own and then turn around and sell it. We also have programs for commercial properties. And then last would be buy and hold on residential properties. So we cover pretty much everything in the market with the exception of an owner-occupied primary residence. All right. So when we talk primary residence, we're not talking about single-family homes. We're talking about single-family homes where people are actually going to live in. The buyer is going to buy the home and live in the home. If somebody wants to buy that same home, Dave, but they're not going to move into it, they're going to rent it out, it's going to be their first investment property, are they candidates to talk to you? Yes. We work with a lot of those folks especially if they have damaged credit or they need to move quickly on the transaction Mm -hmm. or perhaps they're a foreign national or somebody whose uh, work history just doesn't quite let them qualify through the conventional sources. Yeah, like we were talking with Michelle earlier, it might be somebody that just recently uh, started their own business or they changed jobs, it's a different career, and they got everything else in order. They might have great credit. They might have some down payment money, cash in the bank. They just have this new career that the institutional lenders will not – recognize yet and you can help them bridge that gap absolutely and what we're looking to do is work with their conventional lender to understand will it take two more tax returns will it take a event where the negative credit comes off their uh, credit report will it take uh, something specific and then we work with them and design the loan so that they can cross that threshold if they need two years tax returns we'll write a three-year interest only note so that they can go ahead and get those uh, get their paperwork in order and be able to go back to that conventional lender for that long-term takeout financing from our loan. John Spinola is with us. He's with Atlas Red Realty. John, you were telling me the book you're reading is talking about all sorts of different ways to close deals. 
I bet hard money lending is one of the one of the topics that they talk about in this. this oh, absolutely. The financing is really the grease that 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 puts deals together. And however you can do that, whether you're doing it through hard money, um, some kind of seller financing. Uh, one of the one of the formulas in here is a called a discounted sale option buyback, which is a um, a pretty long title, but but basically um, maybe I've got a piece of piece of property that's free and clear, and I need to borrow maybe twenty or thirty percent of of the value of the property, mm-hmm. and maybe someone is uncomfortable doing that. I will sell them the property. This is the formula. Sell them the property at thirty percent of its value. So if I got a hundred thousand dollar piece of property, I actually give them title for thirty thousand dollars, and I have the option to buy that back within whatever time frame we're working. Like Dave was talking about, is it one year, two years, three years before I can get mm-hmm. the right kind of financing? Mm-hmm. And with a, a price that basically gives the lender a rate of return, you know, the 10 or 12% or whatever they're charging. And for the lender too, there is no foreclosure. I already own the property. Mm. So if the borrower never comes back, I've got the property at a third of the price or half the price of of what the value is Mm -hmm. without foreclosing at all. So that's Mm -hmm. one way to raise um, money off something that you've got without having to go really anywhere. What's the difference? I mean, everybody says, well, gee, their rates must be 20%, 30%. i got to pay them back in a month, two months. There's quite a bit of flexibility. We have our staple products, our sort of vanilla loan programs that we can offer folks. And then we also can get as creative as they need. Any new loan program that I offer has come out of the need that some borrower came to me with. Mm-hmm. And that's how we got into fixing and flip loans uh, in 2010. And that's how we mastered uh, hanging on for nine months through the short sale process when that was the predominant way that folks were getting deals on homes. And mm-hmm. now we're offering ground up construction for the last 18 months as that started to pencil. And so the nice part about us is we're a small privately held company and we can move with the market. And so as the market changes and inventory is an issue, I was meeting with a gentleman yesterday who's buying a piece of land, subdividing it and building ground up because Mm -hmm. that's where the profit is now uh, for him as a real estate investor. And so we really aim to meet that need. Question for you. What is the absolute longest you would go on a private loan? The longest I've written is 10 years. 10 years? Okay. Yeah. And so usually what we're looking at with a borrower is their exit strategy. And so they need to have a coherent plan for why they're getting into the property and then how they're getting out of our loan. Sure. You know, what we see is usually a bankruptcy and the seven or so years that that would damage somebody's credit or exclude them from a uh, conventional loan, that's usually going to be that outside marker. And so if that were the issue and that was a recent bankruptcy, we would be looking to finance or offer uh, paper that expired after that came off their credit. Okay. Um, so if it goes longer than that, we can, but all of those have been uh, fully amortized where the folks were getting such deals on properties mm-hmm. and the market was so depressed at the time. Uh, they thought, you know, it'd be better to just pay off in full with a private money lender than worry about being able to refinance because they owned too many properties to be able to go back and get loans. Yeah. And if somebody pulled the trigger on the deal like that in 2011 or 12, well, they're singing in the rain today, Dave, because values have gone up tremendously oh boy, since then. for sure. Yeah, some of the... Um 
advantages you talked about interest rates and people get all worried about interest rates the last actually the last property that I bought actually closed the end of the year was a hard money transaction but the loan is a one-year loan with a minimum of, of four months worth of payments if I pay that off in six months which or less which has looked like it's it's not that a significant amount whether it's 10% or 15% the dollar amount is is really insignificant to the profits that, you, that you're making and to the deal yeah in most cases hard money is a short-term loan you're buying it so that you can take action versus you know to pay that the interest rate or the the term all the way to the end that's what the great flexibility of is hard money Dave are there prepayment penalties when people buy hard money there can be but the way that we write it is pretty similar to what John's mentioning here which is minimum interest so really we don't want to penalize somebody for getting out of the loan we would we just want to make sure we understand there's going to be some rate of return uh, for the investor uh, for the person we've raised the money from and so they don't want to write a loan go through all the underwriting fund it and then 30 days later get all their money back mm. um, so usually that's the way it's written is with some minimum interest of course on fix and flip loans where we know it's going to be very short term we write them without minimum interest because that's the exit strategy and we want to meet that for the borrower a lot of questions I'm sure our listeners have about hard money loans from Dave Washburn at Socotra Capital Dave give us your contact information this is David Washburn Vice President of Loans and Investments with Socotra Capital Nevada my Nevada agent's license is number 51269. My NMLS license number is 331429. Socotra Capital Nevada's MLD number is 4075. Socotra Capital Nevada is located at 298 Kingsbury Grade, Suite 1G, State Line, Nevada, 89449. Our office telephone number is 775-420-4990. My email address is dave, D-A-V-E, at SocotraCapital.com. Socotra Capital does hard money loans in California and Nevada. Socotra Capital's company NMLS ID is 1142425. Socotra Capital Nevada, Inc. We are Nevada's hard money lender. All right, we'll get your information on our website, too. John Spinola from Atlas Red Realty. John, you have this book that has over 300 strategies for buying real estate, and, of course, hard money is just one of them. But there are many other ways that people can look at the current market, their own situation, and be able to pull the trigger as well. I like the one that you talked about not long ago when you were with us again about the seller contributing or being part of that lending process. Seller financing is a great way to have the seller participate. Mm -hmm. uh, many times you can use uh, his property, use a down payment, have the seller carry. So what's the best way to reach you if our listeners want to call John Spinola, Real Estate Investment Counselor at Atlas Red Realty? My cell phone is 775-815-3000. Very good. We'll put all that information on our website, too, John. I'm glad you've been with us today. Always a pleasure, Peter, and, and your guest also. Excellent. Uh, Dave Washburn has also been with us. He's a hard money lender, Socotra Capital. The experts in the industry, folks like John, folks like Michelle. I've gone to John for 
creative solutions to real estate problems, and it uh, really does matter how big that Rolodex is. So uh, get on the horn, talk to people, make sure you're pre-qualified, and that will make you a competitive buyer or seller in today's market. Awesome. Look forward to talking with you again soon, Dave. Michelle Holbrook's been with us as well, Caliber Home Loans. When thinking about private money or hard money, for example, I think people really have to put the end game in mind versus what the interest rate is. That becomes such a, you know, it's a it's an obstacle. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to talk about how great their rate is, mm-hmm. but what's the end game? Mm-hmm. That's that's the key because mm-hmm. if that gets you to your to your goal a little faster, does it really matter? Yeah. And it's a write-off. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, I have an uncle who used to say to his lenders, I don't care what the interest rate is. I don't care how much the payment is. As long as the first payment isn't due for 100 years. <laughs> I'll take it. We call that your price, my terms. <laughs> you got it, John. Hey, I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in today as well. This is Peter Padilla on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Any questions for us? Shoot an email to Peter at NevadaRealEstateRadio.com. Tell your friends we're going to be on again next week. Same time, same station. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. You've been listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. We value your listenership and appreciate your feedback. Want to talk with Peter? Send an email to peter at nevadarealestateradio.com.